Matthew chapter 21. And let me just encourage you, if you haven't made it to the Tuesday night services, teaching on the journey. And uh, if you missed Tuesday night, I would encourage you to get the CD from Tuesday night. The lesson we did on the cross will, will really help you in uh, understanding all the benefits of what it meant when Jesus was, was scourged for us, that he was the crown of thorns. We went through the scourging, the nailing, and... Uh, the crown of thorns and then being pierced for us and everything that's contained in what he endured on the cross and all the benefits that are ours because of that. And uh, so many times, like I say, there's a voice that comes and says why you can't. And, and, and we talked about a few things in discipleship this morning in the area of aggressively attacking things and thinking, well, if, if, if I just go along with that, it would be okay. It won't be that bad if I don't really you know, uh, change the way I think. But we get, um, we're just getting ripped off. Amen. How, how many ever been through a drive-thru and you pulled away and they didn't give you your whole order? How many, how many of you went back and got what was missing? Why? You paid for it. And so when you look to the cross, Every promise and every benefit that Jesus endured. And you have to think about that. This isn't just me as a believer claiming something by faith. This is my Savior purchasing for me my redemption. This is my redemption. I'm redeemed from that. And, and, and if I don't, it's like going back to Pharaoh and say, okay, I, I know I'm not a slave, but I'll come back on Wednesdays and Saturdays, okay? And like make bricks. No, I'm never coming back and I'm never making another brick, dude. Are you with me? But somehow, if we do, it's like going back and freely, okay, put me under chains again, cause me to live here, make, you know, whatever. But wait a minute, I was redeemed and I was redeemed at a price. A great price. And when you look at the body, and whether it's the voice of a symptom, whether it's the voice of a doctor, I use doctors, I believe in medicine, I believe in every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. Anything good in the earth. God is good. Somebody say amen. But God is still the answer. And just because a doctor says there's no hope and there's no cure, if I look to the cross, that word will never diminish the word of the cross. The cross says, I am healed. Are you with me? But somewhere I have to be aggressive enough not to give in. Are you listening to me? Do not give in. We have a dear family friend of ours whose pastor uh, well, not family friend, but they're friends of ours from when we got saved at New Life Assembly in the 70s. And uh, they attend a church in Tennessee and their pastor uh, was just diagnosed with uh, uh, renal melanoma. And it's a very severe, aggressive cancer, very rare and very severe. And uh, the doctor said you maybe have 20 months, 22 months to five years maximum to live. Now, I'm so thankful for doctors. Amen. Don't misunderstand. I am thankful. But that sh a, a report like that should never be the final word. 
you should never set your life in motion to agree with that word when it is exalting itself against this word. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Well, but that's a powerful word. Yes, it is, but this is more powerful. And when you look to the cross, when you see, if you think of Jesus, just let me tell you, and, and one thing we do at the encounter is we give you some nails, we, do your, we, we write out your personal profile, and then that last night you take a nail and you drive it through that, declaring that debt's paid. But j- just sometimes just take a nail and a spike like one of those and just push it against your wrist right here for a while. I mean, don't drive it through, that's weird. <laughs> but go ahead, just push it, you go... Okay, now just imagine that being driven. And not, but for the benefit of somebody else when you did nothing. And so I have to remember, He endured that for us, not for anything He did. And how many know your feet are sensitive? Amen. And, and even just going barefoot, most of us don't go barefoot because we wear shoes all the time so we don't have any calluses built up. And, that. and, and so you walk around and you're very gingerly because it's so sensitive, your nerve endings are there. Now just imagine something being driven through that. Imagine all the nerve endings here and enduring that. So imagine the agony of the cross that He endured for you to be healed. Imagine your, your body being ripped open for you to be healed. How many know that's still a greater voice than 22 months to live. It's a stronger word than no cure because He said, I am the cure. Are you listening to me? And there has to be something else that refuses to agree with the voice that exalts itself against this voice. Amen? Matthew chapter 21, beginning in verse 12. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves, said to them, it's written. It's written. Said to them, it's written. It's written. My house will be called a house of prayer. Not what they had made it. Not what we have made it. Not what we think. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. A place where people come and lift their voice in communication to me. And I release my voice in communication with them. It will be a place where a talking God Here's the man that He created as a talking man, speaking words back to His Creator. As I said in the beginning, out of all the creation, we are the only part of God's creation that has the ability the ability to articulate speech back to God. And God said, my house will be a house where man can come and I will hear His voice. He will speak to me. And I will speak back to Him. He will hear my voice. Thought it was powerful. If you're a guest here today, I and, and and you heard during our worship, you heard a message in tongues and interpretation that was given. I think it's powerful that that voice came and said, "I've given you ears to hear and a mouth to speak, and so hear. And if you would speak in the name of my Son, 
If you want something, then speak using the name of my Son Jesus. Let me hear your voice. And Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer where man's voice is interacting with God's voice and relationship is taking place. So church should be a place and a time where we hear God's voice and He hears our prayers. And I, in our service yet today, in our service yet today, during our worship, hopefully your worship wasn't just singing along with the song, but it was your heart and your voice being directed towards God. And many times people, even in us, with us as a, as a congregation, what we would call ourselves, we're labeled what would be a Pentecostal church if you're a guest here today, a charismatic church. We still believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We still believe that tongues and interpretation is God's literal voice speaking to us, that the Holy Ghost is not a death mute. But He is a speaking. He is God's chosen expression of Himself in the earth. And He still has a voice. Because Jesus says when He come, He will speak to you. And so He's here to speak to us. And so with that, it is so important that we're able to hear God's voice and then learn how to embrace His voice. Amen? And so, but, but He says that, that uh, in Matthew, Jesus declared that His house will be called a house of prayer. And so through all that in our worship, hopefully, it was your voice being lifted up to God. And you may be hearing Him speak something back to your heart. But as of yet, we haven't corporately prayed together. And in most services, we'll go through. I was reading a, 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 an article by a gentleman said that, and a traveling speaker says he went, and in most churches, there was more time given to announcement than there was to prayer. We've watched several minutes of announcements here in our service, but we haven't prayed yet. Are you listening to me? We do think we go, you're going to hear me speak for several minutes. But how long will we give to God in prayer? Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And we can, we, we, we can be religiously justified and say, yeah, but pastor, on Sunday nights we have intercessory prayer for an hour. Yes, we do. From 6 to 7 we have intercessory prayer. But only maybe a quarter of you will be here tonight. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good. Amen. But he said, my house would be a house of prayer. And think about this. Even in that, pe pe people want prayer to be a thing that, that you understand. But prayer is always directed towards God. And for us in our worship, may maybe you're a guest here today and you heard somebody during worship and, and they were speaking a language you didn't understand. Well, first and foremost, they weren't speaking to you. Amen. Because prayer and worship is always directed towards God. And so as long as it's directed towards Him, it's always in order. Any, it doesn't matter. I, I could be next to uh, somebody from any foreign nation. And they could be speaking any language. And if we're just worshiping God, we're, we're speaking towards Him. Are you listening to me? We're speaking towards Him. But if it comes down on this level, if we get horizontal in our conversation, this has to be an understanding. Amen? That's why during our worship service, when that tongues came forth, that was on a horizontal level. That wasn't to God. And so in order for it to be in order, there had to be an interpretation. Are you with me? And so with that, but so understand that in prayer, people go, well, I get uncomfortable. I was praying and somebody started praying, praying in the Spirit. Well, okay, we were praying. And we weren't talking to you. If I look at you and talk to you, then I should be in something that you could say amen to. Are you with me? 
And so what I'm saying is that with that, we, we need that and we need prayer. And that's just a little bit of an explanation because we don't uh, always take time to explain that. But God said that we should be a house of prayer, but there should be this exchange of our voice. And as sure as we would hear His voice like we did through tongues and interpretation this morning, you should hear His voice in your prayer time with Him. Amen? Look at the bottom part of your outline here. The main reason for going to church in the Bible was for prayer, sacrifice, and offering, and for the Word to be read and to be heard. If you go back and read your scriptures and study, you find that the reason they went there, primarily Peter and John were going up the house of prayer, to, uh, up, to, up to the temple at the, for the hour of prayer. Amen? And so they were gathered there for prayer time and time again. Prayer is the highest conversation, or excuse me, prayer is our honest conversation with God. The highest and most intimate form of relationship you can have is real communication with someone you love and trust. Hear me, the highest and the most intimate relationship you can have with someone you love and trust is real communication. Really communicating. Heart to heart, open, no walls, communication. Sexual intimacy does not mean that two people communicate with each other. Would you agree? People say, oh, they were intimate together. No, they were having sex. Having sex doesn't make you intimate. People have one-night affairs, they have rendezvous, they have, this, they, they have all kinds of casual encounters, but, but that doesn't mean they were intimate, it means that they had a sexual relationship. Are you listening to me? Intimacy is when you begin to bond and blend with somebody, and they begin to know you for who you really are, and you begin to know them for who they really are. So communication is the highest and most intimate relationship you can have with someone. They're open to each other, knowing each other. True intimacy only happens, look inside your outline if you would, only happens through an honest two-way conversation and communication. A lot of people, I'm, I'm a communication staller sometimes. Because maybe you're like me. While somebody's talking, you're working on your answer and not listening. I just... It's me. So we are talking many times. I'm not listening to you. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my rebuttal or my reply. Hello. And sometimes we even do that in prayer. We're speaking. We feel something rising up. Yeah, but God, you know. Amen. Most people live closed off from each other and resist open communication for the fear of being vulnerable and exposed to the pressure of change. Open communication is the highest form of love and trust. Open communication. It's the highest form of love and trust that we can have. Very few will master the art of real communication with God and with man. The devil preys upon this fear to keep man falsely assured that relationship can exist without real communication. Pastor, what I mean by that? I mean, most Christians in their prayer life is nil. And there's an assurance that somehow I have a real relationship with God, though I never talk to Him. And the devil goes, yes, you do. Keep going with that. That's awesome. But that's like a husband and wife who never communicate with each other. They cohabitate. They have relations with each other. And then they wonder why their marriage is falling apart. Are we doing okay? 
You didn't know I'd be up close and personal this morning, did you? It's all right. It's my job. I'm a trained professional. Don't try this at home. But the devil wants you to believe and be falsely assured that relationship can't exist without real communication. And it can't. It, can in, it can't in a marriage. It can't happen in any. Friends who, you know, we, we all know, you can sense when somebody is keeping secrets from you and holding things back and you're trying to open and gate and, and that's not being shared. And, 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 and it hinders that relationship. Amen? Especially when they're telling you they want to have an open relationship with you. Amen. So if we have never learned to pray in open communication with God, then we will never be confident in our relationship with Him. The same as with people. If we're afraid to pray. See, we're afraid for communication, for what God was, what others will say to us and what will be explained. And we're afraid to pray because what? Well, if I start talking to God, He's going to want to talk to me. This is going to get personal in a hurry. Amen? And so we're just keeping on a basis. So the devil doesn't want you talking to God. And by all means, he doesn't want you being comfortable in the presence of his voice. I want you to hear me. God wants you to be comfortable in the presence of his voice. And He wants you and I to be able to talk to Him, to communicate with Him, be open with Him, as much as we enjoy being with other people. And you and I have always been around somebody when you, you, you would hear them pray and you go, man, how do they pray like that? It's like they know God face to face. Uh, duh. <laughs> it's our goal. That's the invitation. Amen. Amen. That you would see Him. Paul wrote that, that we are changed when we behold Him face to face. That we can be with Him, be intimate with Him in conversation and fellowship, and behold Him face to face and be changed. And the change is good. The change is for our benefit. The, the change brings this calm assurance. Oh, wow, he, you do love me. You're not withholding anything from me. I think about it and... I'm sorry, and, and, and I posted on Facebook, and, and I said, I hope it don't hurt anybody's feeling. And I tried to watch some of it again last night. I recorded the Bible thing, but I, 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 I love God's Word way too much. And what I mean by that, and, and my only point in this is, is that there are people who don't know God's Word a whole lot, and they look at that, and it's, it's not a, a correct representation of the Word. I understand low budget, but with low budget, you could at least tell the truth. Amen? And so I, I just had a, a, a problem, especially by the time I got to Samson. I'm looking, okay, Samson is not Ethiopian. Amen? And he doesn't have dreadlocks down to here. Amen. And, and, and in all honesty, I, there's not a prejudiced bone in my body, other than I really don't care for Joe Biden. But uh, anyway... Because that boy is all white. Anyway, back over here. Um, but, uh, but Samson is just, I, I mean, but the Bible says that this is what happened. Now what? This is what happened. Is that with Delilah, in the Bible account, she keeps asking, what's the measure of your strength? And they're being intimate and they're having communication. But he's lying through the communication. 
And then finally it says that she continually pressed upon him with her words. And he says now, and, she, and, and then she realized when she finally got real communication from him, she says, now that I see you have not hidden your heart from me. And, and that's the wrong way for communication to go, but with you and I, we know that we're hiding our heart from God. That we're going through the motions and we have relationship. R- relationships without this openness and this communication and, and, and really holding something back is, is usually where we're in it for something for us. It's not a giving relationship. We're not in it for what we give into this, for what we sow into it. And so we're more in a receiving mode. Are you with me this morning? But the moment I open up and I fully give myself to this, God can tell when we're not communicating with Him and, and we're just here to receive what we can from Him. But when we open up and say, God, this is my heart. I have no more barriers. I have nothing left to hold. I need you. I love you. I just want you. God, I need to hear your voice. When you become desperate to hear his voice, to have him speak to you, something changes. And this year, I, I, I don't know how to say it other than what I said when I started this, is that I believe this year is a year, the word for us is this is the year of the voice, that God, we're going to learn, the church is going to hear his voice again. I look and, and there's so many people that have, I think I know God and it's based upon other things. They, they've never been told they need to be baptized. They know nothing of the power of the cross. They're, they're allowing other words to exalt themselves above God. And, and, and the word of God, it, it, the, the Bible says, listen to what God says. God says, I have exalted my word above my name. I've exalted my word above my name. And then if we allow it to be brought down, and things be set against it. And it gets lower and lower and lower. And then it gets down here. And what I believe is way up here. But I believe there's something happening where God is going to speak to our hearts. And we're going to find this open communication. And something's going to happen once again. This becomes, David said, thy word have I hid in my heart. That God's word becomes a love to us again. I, I love him. And if I love him, I love his word. And this word begins to change me and it, it becomes that love song in our lives. Amen? And then it, it, things that begin to, to diminish it, it causes something to rise up on the inside of me. And I, 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 in an age of tolerance, I need to be severely intolerant against anything that would diminish this word. And I think my heart breaks, and when, I'm t- when I talk about this Bible series, I appreciate the History Channel doing a documentary of it. In the beginning, they state we, our, our goal is to maintain the spirit of the book. I said, I'd have just been good if you maintained the content of the book. <laughs> Let the church deal with the spirit. You just stay true to content. Amen? But there's people that are searching, and they're looking for truth. And they're going with that. And the best thing it is is say, okay, that's what it says. Now let's go find out what God really said. If you get somebody to open the book, it, it may, hopefully it'll get people to at least open the book. But then people are going to go, wait a minute, they, said, they showed that, but they're, they're, I can't find any of that in here. I, I've yet to find ninja angels. Anybody see the Sodom and Gomorrah thing? No, dude. 
Okay, I'm going to get back in there. <laughs> and Moses was on the mountain. He wasn't in a tent when, the word of the, when he saw the burning bush. I mean, Moses comes out of his tent. His tree's on fire. <laughs> wow. And the fire goes up. I'm like, wow, cool. But, Amen? But listen, 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 listen. Innocent people are watching, looking for truth. And if you don't know this word enough to help them see that's not true, they're going to know that. If other words, how do you keep my word? Listen, Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. I need a worship team to come back. I can't even preach this morning. God's made a way for you and I to speak to Him. And so many things are pulling against us in so many ways and pushing His Word underneath us. God desires for you and I. I want you to look down towards the bottom of this page, your outline. It says, we falter here because we've listened to a voice that tells us it's okay to just have an external relationship with God. External means just objectively. I just know God objectively. And maybe you're here today and that's you. Just know Him externally. You hear about Him. Many people have objective relationship. Very external relationship. Very surface level relationship. But true communication becomes an inward relationship. It builds that. And that's God's desire for us. That's subjective. That's experientially, to know Him experientially. And that applies to... See, it's easy to know what God has done for us and know about God. God did this, God did that. But that's all external. But when I get down to subjective, it's an experience that's for you and for me. It involves people. It's interaction with others. See, we're told by the counterfeit voice to be content with just an objective relationship with God. No need to cross over the Jordan. No need to cross through. You can believe God. You don't really have to be baptized. You don't have to do this. And so you can just have this objective, external understanding of God. But no need for all the experience stuff with God. But God made you to know Him intimately. You were made to know Him intimately and personally. I kind of touched this last week and we think that we talk from our tongues. You don't. You talk from your source. You and I talk from your source. I share with those who are being baptized before service. I said, testimony is so powerful. Because you might agree with what you hear me say today. You can agree with what you, hear, what you hear me say. But you believe what comes out of your mouth. You believe what you hear yourself say. And that's why the treasure of my heart. Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I've had people say, well, I just say that. I don't really mean that. I say, liar, liar, pants on fire. 
Because the Bible says that we can't speak except from the abundance of our heart. Amen? And my mouth just becomes a source. And you have really two sources. You have a natural source and a spiritual source. God says, I want to open you up to a relationship where you allow my heart, my words, and my voice to speak to your heart and my heart to become your heart. And then out of that, you allow my voice to speak through you. My voice to become your voice. When you and I speak God's word, your voice becomes his voice. When you speak his word, that's his voice. And when you declare it, your voice becomes his voice in the earth. That's what's so powerful. Where the prophets would walk and say, the word of the Lord came to me. I I heard a voice speak to me. And it said, say. And the prophet would open his mouth and say, Thus saith the Lord. So that when God's voice came through his voice, became the word of the Lord in the earth. Powerful. And when you and I enter this communication relationship with God of hearing his voice, and Him hearing our voice. And this exchange begins if we let down the walls. We're not satisfied with just some objective, external, mental relationship with God. We say, God, I want to go all in. And He begins to speak and this two-way conversation takes place. And this bond of intimacy begins to grow. Christianity is no longer a Sunday morning duty. And, 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 and I know I'm kind of a soapbox kind of preacher guy. But I can't help it. But if my church attendance is sporadic, then I'm probably an objective believer. Because I don't understand the intimacy of the body and what happens in my connection and that there's something in me not for me. It's for you. We read it this morning with the men. It says Ephesians 4 that before he ascended, he first descended. And then he rose up and led captivity captive. And before his ascent, he did this. He gave gifts unto men. And he put a gift in men for men. He said, I will put a gift in you that will not be for you, it will be for that person. Amen? And so when I understand there, God puts something in me so that when we come together like this, we can worship Him. And Ephesians 2 says, we create this habitation for God by His Spirit. And we invite the Holy Spirit to come and to dwell here. And then this crazy interaction begins to take place. The joints and the members begin to flow one towards another and we're edifying ourselves in love. And the body functions wholly and completely. Amen? And this great exchange takes place. So God's desire is that we would be 
a church, His church in the earth. And I believe this is going to happen. We're going to see it. Unfortunately, many times it doesn't happen until something tragic happens. I think we're going to get it before the trouble gets here. Amen. And it's what's going to equip us for maybe what's coming. I don't know. But I just sense God is so trying to bring His people back to this place of knowing His voice. And maybe that's part of what, when I, I'm not picking on the History Channel, but it grieves my heart. Because I've even heard of people post, oh, I know churches that are using these for talking points. I said, well, I guarantee my talking points will be different than most churches. Amen? I just, just thinking because, ah. But see, something should grieve me. Because I've, <laughs> I've heard his voice. And maybe you're here today and you have a need in your life. I'm driving, I'm, I'm driving. And I look down at my arms. People say, healing's not for today. God doesn't always heal. And, and there's all these voices that come to contradict the cross. If you're here, for those of you visiting, when I was going to Bible school in Marysville, 1978-79, I worked for the cable company. And I, then we used to climb poles with hooks on them to go up on a hook cable. So I'm doing this one order. I'm hooked this lady's cable up. And I start down. And if you get your knees less than a 30 degree angle, you only have a quarter inch of metal into the wood. And so you do what is called cut out. And your spikes cut out. The gaffs cut out. And you fall into a rapid descent. <laughs> and when you go through training, they say, hey. And at that time, you've taken your belt off and you climb down and do some stuff. And so they say, when you fall, push away from the pole. Sound logic, but it's not a natural response. <laughs> Falling is grabbing, not pushing. Amen? And so, and, because, and so I, as I began to fall, I hugged the pole. We became very intimate. And in falling, and in the process, I had slivers in my chest. And I had third degree burns on my forearm here. And in my bicep right here on both arms. And so I come down. I grip my teeth. I go in. I said, lady, okay, could you sign, please? Okay, thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> go out and get in the van, call in, and go back to the office. They take me to the doctor. And they go, you have third degree burns. And so they schedule me for an appointment for skin grafts. And so that's on a, it was like a Thursday. And so they bandaged me up. Next Wednesday, I was supposed to go in for the operation. And uh, they, uh, um, I'm wrapped up. I have to keep my arms like this from throbbing. So we sat, Brother Hood had these old pews up there on, on the platform. We had to sit up there as the elders during service and stuff. So I sat through the whole service with my arms like this, being very spiritual. <laughs> and just throbbing. I'm on pain medication. I'm like, Ugh, okay. Brother Hood's on vacation. Jose Bentoncourt's a traveling evangelist. He's, he's speaking for Brett, filling in for that Sunday. And so at the end of the service, our, we prayed like we do here. We have our leaders come to pray. And so he gives the altar call, and I'm like, I'm out of here. And I'm trying to, and he goes, Brother, go pray for the people. I'm going, dude says go pray for people 
So I go down with all my sincerity, be blessed, be blessed, be blessed. And I walk up to get my Bible, and he, and he reaches out and he grabs my forearm. He goes, Father, heal in Jesus' name. I wasn't asking for a healing. I wanted out of there. I'm done. I'm scared. I'm go- Are you listening to me? I go in Wednesday, go through all the prep. They unwrap my bandages. I'm prepped. I'm laying there. The doctor's getting ready to come in to do the surgery. He goes, what are we doing here? You have new skin growing on your arms. I have no, I have no skin growing. And all I'm saying is, is that by His stripes, I was healed. And time and time again, God has come through in my life, in other people's life. Many of you here have had healings from God. But whether it's healing for your body, there's been a voice that's come to you and said you can't have it. Whether it's anything else that this cross purchased for you. That if we again would become, I know I've kind of went a long way around the mountain this morning. But if we again would become a house of prayer and come back to that place of honest communication with God, every other voice would lose its power and its validity. Are you listening to me? Because when His, when His voice comes, it brings peace. His presence brings intimidation and reverential fear. How many know what I'm saying? The presence of God intimidates us and brings reverent holiness in the presence of reverential fear, but never fear of heart. The counterfeit voice always comes with fear and the loss of peace. The doctor says, this is the report. Fear comes and the loss of peace. The Lord comes. I listened to Malcolm Smith this, this week while I was working and, and about covenant. And when the lepers came to him and said, Lord, if you will, you can make me whole. And the way we read it, 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 it said, I will. It's not like that. It, it, it's a voice of command and a response in such a way. Are you kidding me? That you would ask, my will? Of course, it's my will. Be healed. And there's been a voice that we've heard. And so we've adopted the phrase, if the Lord wills. But His voice has already declared and His cross has fulfilled what's declared. Are you listening to me this morning? And so any other voice needs to be put under your feet. And God's voice exalted again. Bow your heads with me this morning. Maybe you're here today. And that voice has come. 